Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Mathis and welcome to the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. On this week's episode, we have another cool mama in the hot seat, none other than Allison Felix herself. Allison is the most decorated female track and field athlete in Olympic history, co-founder and CEO of Sage, and is a mama of soon-to-be two kiddos. You know we had to bring this pregnant mama on before bringing baby number two into this world. Let me tell you, she went all the way in from her past experiences and complications with her first child to her expectations on giving birth again. There's so much ground to cover, so stick around and tune in. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be I'm, here. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I feel like we're friends, but we're not friends. I know. It's you so know weird. what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I I'm know like, you. I know your life. Yes. But... I feel like I know you. You know what I mean? I feel like I can call you, but yes. like, I haven't called you yet. Like, I haven't tapped into your number yet. You know what I'm saying? Same, same. But that's how I feel. Um, guys, we have Allison Felix on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Cool Mom Code podcast. Thank you. I mean, this is a really special moment because when I first start envisioning the podcast, you were one of the women that I was like, I have to have Allison on. Oh, I, feel so I just always have felt like, well, one, we've met several times. Yeah. We've encountered, and every time it's been that feeling of like, wow, I just feel like I know you. Same, yeah. Like, I just feel like I've always known you. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. And I feel like if I ever needed to call you, I could call you. Absolutely. And that's weird, though, because yeah. you don't feel like that with everybody. That's so and true. So yeah. I, I was like, Allison's the one. I feel like she's accomplished. <laughs> she's beautiful. She's a mom. She's a wife. She, like, has all these things under her belt. And I just feel like you were the, the one, like, you were one of the people where I was just like, yes, definitely. Cool Mom Co. Podcast, Allison well, Felix. I'm so glad that we made this happen. I am too. It took a minute. <laughs> yes, you are a busy here. woman. You are a busy a lot happening. woman. There's a lot happening. A lot happening. I also have to say that I think you are my first 
pregnant guest. Oh, really? Which okay. is wild for the Cool Mom Code <laughs> know, podcast. Yeah. It's like you're the first pregnant woman I have. Very pregnant. Yeah. So how far along are you right now? Um, I'm about seven months now. Okay. So I'm, you know, that third trimester getting to the end of it. Yeah, so. that's that's a, you know, listen, that is the part. But that's the time where like the end of third trimester where everything starts kicking in. You start like wanting to go into nesting mode mm-hmm. and like all that stuff. So has that all started to kick I in yet? Like it's starting to too it's interesting because like with my daughter she was born two months early so I didn't have too much of this so it's kind of like new territory Mm -hmm. but I'm like okay like I need to get a hospital bag ready like I never had to never really got to do that before right um yeah getting the nursery together all that stuff it's it's really fun it's fun are you excited about it it. or are you a little nervous about it both I'm really excited you know um I've we've wanted another child for a really long time Mm so all of that, doing all the things. And my daughter is just like beyond herself. <laughs> so she's over loving that. Yeah. Do you um, know, have you announced if it's going to be a boy or a girl? Yeah, it's a boy. It's a boy. So, yeah. Oh, this is yeah, good. So perfect. Um, wanted a boy. So yeah, it's really great. But there's, I'm definitely nervous and because you had anxious. quite, you had a hard pregnancy the first time around yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And that's how long you waited. So talk to us about that. Like, what did you have to go through with that pregnancy? Yeah, I, everything was good up until 32 weeks. So mm. I was still training because I knew I went to come back to compete. Um, I felt strong, you know, I was running, I was swimming, lifting weights, like doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the doctor at 32 weeks for just a routine appointment and that's when I found out um, that I was spilling protein. I was admitted to the hospital. I was diagnosed with a severe case of preeclampsia. Wow. And so I was rushed in for an emergency C-section um, just that next day after I was admitted. So Really? Yeah. It just, I just never expected to like find myself in that situation. Yeah. So it was traumatic and chaotic and all the things. Like I just never thought that I would be, you know, my daughter would be in the NICU and I would be in the hospital. Like who imagines, you know, you just think, okay, I'm going to have a baby and we're all going to go home. But you know what though? I mean, I honestly think though for someone like you, that Mm. must also have another layer of like, what the hell is going on right now? Because for someone like me, who's just an (laughs) average person out here in the world living, I guess anything can happen. And and it's not, I don't know. we always are tricked. You always feel tricked when your body does different yeah. things that you don't expect. But for someone like you, who your whole business is your body. Yeah. I mean, the way you take care of your body, obviously you're in shape. Obviously you're eating right. You're doing all those, the yeah. the right quotation things, exactly. right? Unquotation, right? You're doing all the things that they tell us to do. Mm-hmm. And then for something like that to happen, you're, you must have been like, what in the hell? Yeah. Like how? How yeah. me? And I think that's the scary thing about preeclampsia is a lot of times you won't have any symptoms mm-hmm. and that's terrifying because you think everything is good. And yeah, I know my body, like I know how to be healthy. I have been for the majority of my life. And so I think I just wasn't prepared, even my mind, like I just, I couldn't even wrap my mind around being in a emergency type of situation. Right. I mean, listen, I know that you're a big advocate for black maternal, mm-hmm. you know, health, uh, as am I, um, just because being a black woman in America having a baby, I never knew how much at risk we really are. I didn't either. I heard some crazy ass stat yeah. that the richest black woman mm-hmm. is still higher risk in a maternal situation mm. than the poorest white woman. 
in the United States. So it doesn't come down to money. That shocked no. me a little bit because I was like, if you put a team around you, if you blah, blah, then, you know, if you have the access, right, yeah. is it just not is it just not accessible to to us as a whole. Yeah. But I think that's that. everyone's first thought is like, okay, well, the standard of care or, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And we see that it does not discriminate. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. You can have the best medical care and still find yourself in these situations. And so I think there's a lot of things that go into it. I think a lot of it is just even medical professionals listening to black women and right. hearing and believing our pain. Right. Like that's a huge part of it. Um, and so, yeah, for me, my eyes were just opened after my yeah. experience. And I was like, whatever I can do, like I want to be a part of like solutions um, for this issue. Did you feel like you went through that though? I mean, I'll tell you, uh, my sister-in-law mm -hmm. is um, in New York and she has two boys. She felt like her experiences in New York as a black woman mm -hmm. having children was just that. Mm. She was like, Lizzie, you, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. I'd walk in and I'd be like, I'm in so much pain or mm. something's wrong. I know it, I know my body. And they would just be like, you're fine. Yeah, Go home, you're fine. And so she'd be like, I don't, I don't get it. Like they yeah. don't see me as a real person. That makes me so upset. Did you feel like that in any situation that you went through? My situation was a little different because I didn't even, no. I didn't feel anything. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know. And so once I got to that point, it was too late. You know, yeah. it was, everything was, um, you know, a, a really difficult situation. But I hear countless stories like that yeah. of, you know, I'm saying something is wrong, but no one is doing anything about it. And there's a, a stat, it's something like 80% of um, complications and deaths regarding women of color mm -hmm. are preventable. Wow. And that's insane. 80%. Like we, black women are dying and yes. they don't have to. Right, exactly. So I, it's heartbreaking, but it also makes me very hopeful that, you know, we can turn it around right. if we do the right things. If we speak up. But that's the thing. Yeah. Got to speak up. Got to bring attention to it. I love that you're doing that. You know what I mean? Because I think you are a face that people look at. Even Serena, yeah. when she went through her, you know, kind of like pregnancy uh, issues and things like yeah. that during labor, everyone was shocked. Everyone yeah. was like, what? Another case of like, it doesn't discriminate. And also that she wasn't believed yes. and listened to. It's it's yeah, wild. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. Mm -hmm. So kudos yeah. to you for like, Appreciate you know, yeah. bringing light to a, a situation where, like you said, it can be preventable. Yeah. It's going to take all of us. It's going to yeah, take all of be. us. I agree. I agree. So fast forward now to this pregnancy. Yes. With all of that under your belt, were you nervous to get pregnant again? Yes, very much so. Um, I think it's it's different. Like in the, the first time I didn't know, you know, yeah. I didn't know I was at risk. I didn't know. Now I know all the things and that's terrifying. Yeah. You know, I want to be here to raise my child. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is I've seen so many cases where women in black women aren't. And yeah. so it's a it's really difficult to kind of have those conversations and figure out, you know, are we going to go forward? What did you do this time differently that you didn't do last time? I think the biggest thing was just how I went about my care, mm. you know, how I found my doctor, my doula. Mm -hmm. um, I have an incredible black woman um, who is taking care of me, um, and she's phenomenal. I feel like she hears me, she sees yeah. me. Um, my doula is amazing, and so I feel very safe. And protected. Yeah. yeah, and that's not the connection that I had the first time around. And I also, I know I'm at risk. I know what to look for, mm -hmm. so I feel more empowered in that way. Do you feel like because you ha you went through this experience, though, now you're educated in it? Like, what would be for a first-time mom? This is why, because I was the similar way. Mm. I didn't have any necessarily complications 
per se, but I felt like once I had my second child, I was like hip to the game. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, y'all not going to get me again. I know what's up now. You know, like I know this is going to hurt. I know I need someone to speak up. I know my husband may not know the right words. I know all these things. So now I know that, okay, it's going to be up to me to try and put together whether, and I think, I think we, I think the, the misconception is, is that like you said, you have to have money, right, to, like, have these things. But it's not true. It's not, You yeah. just have to have a team in place, whether that's an auntie, whether yeah. that's a best friend that you know can be in the room, do some research yeah, on, Yeah, know what like, resources are available. That's right. Everyone can have a doula, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, the things are Can everyone have a doula? I think everyone can have a doula. I think there are a lot of organizations who are doing really important work and mm-hmm. who are making, you know, doulas, midwives accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, March of Dimes is one of them. They have all these community care centers. Like, we, you just have to kind of know and this. research what is out there. See, and that's hard, though. That's you know? hard, though. But to, I love that you're saying this out yeah. loud because I didn't even know that. Yeah. I so didn't know that. There. I didn't even know that. So I love that because one of the things that I wish I wish everyone at least, in the very least, could have a doula. Yeah. And I didn't have a doula the first time either because I didn't know either. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a benefit. It's a benefit. Having these conversations. Have the conversations. Put it out there. Okay. So, that's what. So, this time around, you've created a team. Yeah. A team of people who you feel like are you're in good hands and that can speak up on your behalf if something goes down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like my doula will advocate for me. Yeah. um, And she is has a great relationship with my doctor right and I love that there are women that look like me and they know my fears they know I think for black women a lot of times being pregnant we don't have the same joy as everyone else because there is this enormous amount of fear and all of these things so pause on that for a second we don't have the same joy being pregnant as many other women yeah it's something that you know, I think when I talk to my friends, like there's a it, it's scary, you know, like what wow. could happen. And when you think of the everyday woman when she becomes pregnant, it's just it's joyful for mm-hmm. the most part. You know, it's something you've dreamed of or you've wanted. Um, and it's really complex, I feel like, for women of color. Wow. Wow. I never thought about it that way. Mm. That really stumped me. Because yeah. I think you're right. I think that's a way to verbalize something that, like, you you know that. Like, I know that. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever verbalized it in that way. And I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Somebody asked me, you know, when will you feel like this problem is getting better? And two things came to my mind. It was about when my friends stop dying mm. when they give birth. And also when we can just be happy when we're pregnant wow. as women of color. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that Allison that's like that's 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 really special I think you're absolutely right and as a woman of color I think I feel I feel that one in my soul Mm. you know I think you're absolutely right there is a complexity yeah there's a complexity around a lot of things though this is the thing I think as women of color we feel Mm. complexities around a lot of like different milestones in our life pregnancy being one of them you know giving birth and all those things becoming a mother but then also just operating in in life, operating yeah. in our careers. I want to talk a little bit about your career. I want to talk about the moment when you felt disrespected, okay, <laughs> yeah. as a woman, as an athlete. And let's just, like, set the scene. So for anyone who doesn't know, you've been living probably not in the real world. But <laughs> Allison Felix is the most accomplished female track athlete, correct? You have seven Olympic medals. Mm -hmm. 
you've been running track since probably forever, but you got your first medal at 18. Yes. Yeah. So these are accomplishments that are like wild. I mean, the types of competition that you've been in for the majority of your life mm-hmm. has always been under a microscope. Yeah. And as a black woman, you have always been center stage mm-hmm. in this whole in your whole career, pretty mm-hmm. much. Have you felt or did you feel like that played a part in the whole Nike situation when you felt like they just weren't paying you what you were deserve you deserve to be paid? I felt like I felt like maybe if I were someone different, my voice would have been louder. Someone different as in not black? Not black, also not a woman. Like, mm. you know, I just felt like going through that, um, maybe I felt really disregarded, mm. you know, and I, I, I'm not sure that would have happened to everyone. Right. You know, I think the, the story would have been bigger. It, it would have been louder. Things would have moved quicker, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. it wouldn't have gotten to that point. Right. Um, but that wasn't my reality. Yeah. And so you said no. Yeah. Which was really hard and terrifying. That is so hard <laughs> to do. And how yeah. old were you? Um, so I was 33 at the time, 32, 33, when all of this was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I think I was shocked to find myself there just because I, I knew that there was hardship in our sport mm-hmm. um, when women became pregnant. I knew right. that I had seen my friends, colleagues, like not be supported through pregnancy. So that's something that I knew. But I just felt like I had waited so long mm-hmm. that maybe I accomplished enough that mm-hmm. I wouldn't fall in that same category. Mm. It's like I had been to four Olympics at the time. I was a six time Olympic champion. Like, OK, maybe I'm safe. So you had seen your same counterparts who were women of color mm-hmm. fall into the same category. Yeah. Just women, period. Women, period. I mean, yeah. It was we would become pregnant. Your contract would either be paused or um you would hide your pregnancy to mm. try to, if you were between contracts. And this is just female track athletes. Yeah. Wow. And so this is, and everyone was under NDA, so you couldn't speak about it. Not even to each other. It, it wasn't really, I think there was a little chatter amongst each other, um, but there wasn't really anything you could do about it right. because it just, it was the way things had always been. And so when it happened to me, um, it just felt like, I think also because at the same time, simultaneously, when I was going through this fight around maternal protections, I was also having my daughter. Like, right. it lasted for so long. And so I think for me, that's really what changed everything. Yeah. Like, I think it gave me my voice. It it helped me, like, have that last little bit of courage that I needed to come forward because mm-hmm. I started to think about her. And it's like, there's no way I'm going to let my daughter and her generation go through what I did and what so many other women have if I have the opportunity to speak up. And I think that's what really pushed me. I think two things stand out here, which I think are are, are wild, is that, and I think this echoes in so many other careers and so many other women just across the board, is that you made a statement. You said, I just felt like my accomplishments, if I just like, won this, like, you know, did this. And if I had gotten to this level and blah, blah, blah. And when I did that, I felt like, oh, if I had more under my belt, I have this on my belt, I won't fall into that category. Mm -hmm. That's not me. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I think we feel like that as women in many situations. We're like, oh, but if I have this yeah. and I've done this and I've secured this and I have, you know, I can talk about this and I'm blah, blah, blah. You're like, that's not me. Yeah. That's that's them. Like, it's this there, but that's not me, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm so this, like, I'm so accomplished. And it's, it's like you said, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. At the end it of doesn't the day, matter at the end of the day. That strikes me. You find yourself in the same position and that's when you know it's a, there's a problem, right? Because right. it's like your accomplishments don't take you out of right. that, you know, scenario. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean that that's that's pretty that's that's something that I feel like most women can relate to. Yeah. Right. We can't relate to being Olympic gold medalists. We can't relate to that aspect of it, but we can relate, I think, as women to saying, "Wow, you don't see me even as accomplished as I am." How yeah. many women have gone through that in the workplace? Yeah. Right? And when I, you know, when I decided to come forward and I, I wrote this New York Times op-ed and did all these things, I think that was what was so encouraging but also heartbreaking it was incredible the amount of women mm -hmm. that reached out to me that said like I've been I, I've been in a similar situation you know in corporate America or whatever the job is like they could relate to my situation right um women hiding pregnancies like all the things mm -hmm. but also that's absolutely heartbreaking that in this day and age that we are still doing that I mean you know? yeah I was talking to Kat Sadler not too mm -hmm. long ago and she was talking about her decision when she walked away from E mm. because there was a wage gap between her and her male counterpart mm. and so she made this decision and she was like no I'm done. Yeah. I'm not doing it because she felt like the same way because as a woman, she felt like she wasn't respected for all of her accomplishments yeah. as well. So, I mean, I think it's something that's echoed and it's interesting that, you know, these high profile women, these women yeah. who are so accomplished are feeling this to this degree. Yeah. But the second thing I think is that that echoes throughout this podcast is that mothers feel when they become a mother and the moment that this was happening, you were becoming a first-time mother. Mm -hmm. And why would I ever let my daughter yeah. go through something <laughs> like this? A lot of women feel a certain level of power, a certain mm -hmm. level of um, responsibility when they become mothers. And is that what happened? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, you know, for the majority of my career, like I have been a people pleaser, like not wanting to like rock the boat at all, mm -hmm. not wanting to like cause any friction, wanting to be the perfect, you know, image and partner and all the things. And you have a child and it's like, that is just, that just breaks. Rocks your boat. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm not the same person and I, right. I won't stand for the same things. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just did something for me where it was like, I, I cannot you know, sit on the stands and not say anything. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, I'm telling you, I think it's something internal. I think yeah. it's something kicks in and it's like, not today. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> you could have maybe yesterday, <laughs> but not today. Yeah. Today we're doing something different. I think, yeah, And I think exactly. it's just like a different mode that kicks in. Yeah. Um, I think I honor you for that. And I've told you this before, that. but I'll tell you again here is that I think that you did something that everyone could look at and say, wow, thank you, right? Because I do think that you changed the sport many ways mm. and I think you brought light to like I said obviously for track and field but you brought light to a situation that so many women across multiple careers and industries feel on a daily basis yeah. and so from that though came something super beautiful yeah <laughs> I mean from that obviously your daughter's born sash was born though too and so tell me about that like yeah. that's a huge accomplishment 
Yeah. Um, it happened organically. You so quit I, one line and yeah. you're like, oh, let me, you know what? I'm just going to Oprah y'all out real quick and start my own. <laughs> yeah. So I had been through that whole ordeal um, and I, I, I had walked away from Nike, but I knew I still wanted to compete. And so I was still looking for a footwear sponsor. I was training for the Olympics and I was really just like disheartened because mm-hmm. I could not find one. Yeah. And I was like, it's insane to me that I'm at this place in my career. I've done all the things. And companies do not want to sponsor me for whatever reason. Um, And so it really came out of a conversation with my brother. And we worked together. He's been my manager, longtime manager. And but I was talking to him as my brother. And I was just like, this is like crazy. Like, I just I don't even know what we're going to do. And he was just like, I think we should do it ourselves. And I'm like. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, say what? <laughs> the pandemic is happening. Like, you know, I'm a new mother, like all of these things. Right. Um, but then I started to like let it like sit there and, and really it started to resonate with me that, yeah, we have the opportunity to start something. And instead of asking some company to change something, mm-hmm. we can do it from the start. We can build this how we want to. So we created Seish. We're a, a footwear brand for women. Mm-hmm. And what we thought we were doing was creating shoes that I could wear in the Olympics and maybe other women would want to support. Right. But as we took a deep dive into the industry, um, we learned that shoes haven't been made for women. And so it's kind of crazy because we've all been to the shoe store and we've all seen like the women's, you know, side right. of things. Um, but what but do you yeah, mean? Shoes so a shoe made is made women. off of a last, which is just a mold of a foot. Mm-hmm. And it's the mold of a man's foot to make women's sneakers. And so when we learned that, we were like, this is not okay. Like, you know, we... We so we exist to make products specifically for women uh-huh. um, because there are differences between men's and women's feet. And also much more than that, you know, I feel like when a woman is wearing our shoes, um, it's a signifier. Like she's yeah. a change maker. She's a disruptor. She stands with women. And so I just love that. Like not only do I get to create this beautiful product specifically um, for women, but we also get to do something bigger and really try to create a movement. Brooklyn and bedding refresh boosts your mood for the coming months. We spend so much time in bed, so why not make it joyful with Brooklyn and bedding? Let Brooklyn and transform your bedroom into the sleep sanctuary you've always wanted. From luxurious luxe sateen to crisp classic percale, there's a Brooklyn and sheet weave for every type of sleeper. Plus, Brooklinen's award-winning sheets are made with long staple cotton, resulting in a high-quality night of rest. I've recently got the best sheets from Brooklinen, and it's been a game-changer for me. One thing, I take my sleep very seriously, and I take my bedding very seriously. And sleeping on these sheets have been amazing. So whether you're starting out in a new home or adding some flair to your current setup, Brooklinen's customizable bed and bath bundles make it easy to upgrade, putting everything you need in one place. And you save up to 25% off when you bundle. So embrace a spring refresh with Brooklinen's home essentials. Visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code COOLMOM for $20 off your order of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Use promo code COOLMOM for $20 off. Are you that one friend in the group that loves to treat yourself? It's okay. Honestly, we all do it. I know you. You like to get a pedicure and opt for the extra 10-minute foot massage with green tea-infused lotion. Mm Mm-hmm. Refuse to make coffee at home because that fancy coffee shop is right downstairs. 
Uh-huh. Opt for that extra leg room or even a first class seat on the plane because your vacation starts now. Yep, I know you. Well, if you treat yourself to the top options with everything in life, why settle when finding a doctor? It is your health after all. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. So don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. With ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Listen, if I ever need to find the right doctor for me, this is what I'd use. Go to ZocDoc.com coolmom and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash cool mom. ZocDoc dot com slash cool mom. Just also a really quick note. If you're loving this content, our podcast with all of our amazing guests, we love sharing their stories. It really is such a joy for us. Then you're going to love the coolmom.co. Make sure to head over there. It is everything that you can think of lifestyle. So we have fashion, food. We have amazing interviews with a lot of other cool moms as well. So check out all of our cool mom co features, shop our merch, do all the things. Check out the coolmom.co. I love that. I mean, I love you. What I love about it so much is that you flip the narrative on its head. Mm. You went from obviously Nike is a conglomerate. I mean, yeah. it's the it's it's bigger than life. I yeah. mean, it is you know what it is. But you said you took that moment, that opportunity, and obviously you have so many accomplishments. Like I said, but like you just switched the game around. You were like, you know what? <laughs> it's all good. Don't even worry about it. I'm gonna create my own. And I think I love that that ownership, right? And I think, like you said, whether motherhood was the you know precipice for you to make that change, yeah. you know, internally. But it's like something about ownership is nice. Yeah, it's and it's. I think it's also scary, you yeah. know, like putting yourself out there and it's hard, you know, an, another area where being a woman of color is challenging and difficult. Um, but I feel like on the other side of like all of that fear that I had has been something really beautiful. Right. And I do feel like I am where I'm supposed to be. I think I love the fact that you guys have, what is it, a maternity policy? Yeah. So we have this um, really great maternity returns policy. And so um, not everyone knows that your feet can change size in pregnancy. Yep, that's true. They get um, wider a little yeah, bit. Yeah, wider. Which they can them to be... get like you can grow like by a size. Right. Well, also they size. can be swollen. Yep. Yeah. All of those things. So if that happens to you at any point in your pregnancy, um, we'll just give you a new pair of shoes in your new size. Um, wow. So just another way to see women and yeah. really wanting to like push the industry and say like this is something that we can do to say like yeah women don't have to choose between anything yeah like this is something that should be done across the board yeah yeah, yeah. we're hoping to really get it there with that and just with making shoes for women like we're seeing some of the bigger brands um you know start to say like no we have to make women specific shoes and that should be happening every brand should be making a shoe for women right exactly well yeah. yeah I mean who knew like who knew that it was the foot of a man yeah this, that walking around we're incredible just, marketing we're just that. all walking around with men's <laughs> shoes on like dang yeah. yeah right like i'm telling you no i think it's i think it's smart and i think it's phenomenal and i think it's you know i like the fact that there is such um 
not just ownership, but there's the brand positioning behind it is also to empower women. Like yeah. that's why the brand exists. And it comes from a personal story, which Absolutely. I think, like I said, once again, is relatable. Yeah. And I think that people want a champion behind that. People want a champion behind women who are creating their own narrative mm-hmm. and who are pushing it forward, especially for other women to follow. Yeah. I and I love that. Very authentic, you know, the way that it came about. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's very purpose driven and so I'm really proud of what we're able to to do and excited to continue to grow. I love that. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I support that. Thank you. I support that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. Okay, so this is a, you know, podcast geared towards mothers. You do, I, I mean, I happen to be sitting next to one of the greatest accomplished, you know, uh, track stars ever. <laughs> but I think what mothers want to know, too, is, is like when you were younger, mm-hmm. because we all, we all feel this with our kids, right? You feel like your kids are good at stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like they have interests. Yeah, for sure. How do you know when they <laughs> great at stuff? Like, where was it in your world when it was like you just knew or your parents or, you know, your team, whoever it was in your life just knew that, nah, man, this girl got something. You know, like, hold on now. <laughs> Everybody pay attention. It's funny because it happened late for me. Like, really? it wasn't like any type of, you know, you hear the story of the Olympians and like they went to some type of training camp when they were young or there was this whole plan. There was no plan. Really? <laughs> there was at a very normal childhood did all the normal things were your parents Um, like athletic not extremely like my dad ran track in high school and that was like the extent of it okay and we always say my mom she like walks really fast so that's (laughs) about it um so yeah no it just I literally like stumbled into track I I was at a new school and Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody and my family was like you should go out you know sports like meet people and I did and that's like where I found my talent and fell in love with the sport but there was nothing early on like I I wanted to play basketball like I that was my thing and that wasn't my gift (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was it was and did you so you just fell in love with it like you you got on the track and you were like oh I really enjoy this like this is something I I enjoy doing yeah I loved I've always been really competitive Mm. and I there's something about like being able to line up for a race Mm. and nothing subjective about it like Mm -hmm. we're gonna find out who's the fastest you know right here and that just did gave me like a thrill and so um yeah I fell in love with it and then I also found my people I was like my best girlfriends to this day where we were all in the four by one together really so yeah it was just it was a good time I love that you know it's interesting whenever I think of track I think of track and field as a team sport, but yet it is so individual. It is, yeah. So you have to have the right mindset. You have to have, like, you have to be the type of person to be like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't need, but I'm good. Yeah. Like, this is going to be, I have my lane. I'm doing what I do. And you got to kind of have that, like, focus. Like, no one else can help you in that moment. Yeah, it is. It's you're just, it's all on you. Like, it's all on you. It's all on you for sure. So it is, you know, it's different. It's very different from a a team sport, you know, Um, but you do have those moments where team is around and team pours into you. Um, But it is like when it's time to go, you're just stepping out there and, you know, it's, 
Yeah, it's on you. So, okay. So I'm going to get a little bit nitty gritty at this because I am a parent of like a preteen. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get her more involved in sports. She, okay. she likes basketball right now. She This is her first year playing basketball. She's going to start track. Awesome. She runs like a gazelle right now. That's So great. that's not, it's like, I think she's so worried about form that she's not really fast, which okay. is, I'm okay with that. But she's pretty. That. It sounds she, like. <laughs> listen, she's very, I'm great to look at. I'm like, yeah. honey, I love it. You look like a, you look like so beautiful as you run. Um, but there are like. Like people who I know whose daughters who are really into like track and field or into sports yeah. and like or soccer or whatever it is. My question to you, I guess, is is it something that you follow the kids' passion? Or is it something that you know, like, oh, I see a talent in my kid, I should push them? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, as your kids are young, you want to expose them to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to, I think we're in the age of like specializing really young. Um, that's never been something that I've been really for. I feel um, like that's now though. It is like, now. I feel like this is a thing now. I feel like people, yeah. like when I talk to people now, they're like, yeah, so are you in a club sports? It's and I'm like, insane. Mm -mm, yeah. I'm not. My daughter, she's taking, well, I really would love for her to play tennis. And so she's, <laughs> I tried to have her take See? tennis let's lessons. let's talk about it. See, <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Yes. And her instructor was like, well, yeah, four is actually like the perfect age to really commit. And I was like, four. I was like, she's already behind. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's what they tell you. That's you have to do you. like private lessons and all these things. And it's like, no, I, I always, I think like if your child is active, mm -hmm. healthy, um, enjoying, like just feed where their passions are. I think if you do see that they have an interest in something and they have a talent for that, then of course you're going to want to support them. But I don't think that their whole life should be wrapped around that sport or that thing right. at a very young age. Cause now that's, that can be difficult and damaging and it's hard. When are you behind the eight ball? When are you like, Oh, you waited too late. <laughs> I mean, I started you running like, oh, oh. in high school, you know, I started really? running. Yeah. So high school is where you switched. Year. Wow. Okay. That's where I found my sport. Um, you know, and it's, it can be different with some of the, you know, the like skill needed, like basketball and the hand eye coordination things mm -hmm. for sure. But I think if they're athletic mm -hmm. and they are involved in something, okay, that is positive. Okay, you know? good. Okay, yeah, that's good. You know, I think you've gave, you've given hope to a lot of people out there. We gotta get them doing all the things. <laughs> exactly. You know? But it's I like that. I mean, because you know, my my biggest fear is always. I don't want to push them to the point where they get burnt out. Yeah. Like I don't want to push her where it's not fun anymore. And then it becomes the like way. a drag where yeah. like it's Saturday at 8 a.m. And, and she's I've like, I don't practice. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And so I don't want to ever like, I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, oh, we have to drive two hours today to go to your, your game and, yeah. you know, humbuck, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. And she's like not into it. Like, I just want to make I sure it's fun. I completely agree. It needs to be fun, especially like at that age. It's not, you're not there yet where it has to be the grind right. of it all. So I think you, you do sometimes maybe have to like pull back and say like, okay, well, what's going to be fun for you? Or how can, and I think about my parents, like they knew nothing about like the sport, mm -hmm. um, but they just showed up. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of parents are concerned with like being coaches, but right. they have a coach. Right. They just need a parent. They need someone who's going to be there, support, show up. And when something is wrong, you know, be able to talk them through it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's a good point. They they have a coach. Yeah. Be a parent. Yeah, that's a good point. When did it um, when what, what age did it not like seem so fun anymore? At what age was it like, oh, this is a business, okay. I'm in a career. Yeah, so it was all fun and games all through high <laughs> <Exactly>. school. <laughs> um, and then when I went pro, I went pro straight from high school. 
And that definitely there were like growing pains there because mm -hmm. I was going from just doing this, you know, because I loved it. And then it became a real job. And then I was competing against women who were so much older than me. I was having to navigate travel and um, and then dealing with like expectations and disappointment and failure and all of the things right. like that's when it really started to get hard. Yeah. And it was like this is and I think now, you know, we have such a where we have an open dialogue about mental health and mm -hmm. that just wasn't the way that things were, you right, know, when right. I was really um, competing and early on. And I think there were a lot of things that probably weren't the healthiest. Yeah. And a lot of routines and things, you know, it was, you, you did whatever you could to be able to perform at the highest level. And looking back, um, I just don't think that's the greatest. So do you, I won't get into specifics because I know you probably have so many stories that are like very specific in what you were saying in mm -hmm. terms of like not the healthiest. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like people like Simone Biles, like do you relate to her story then of like her being like, yo, I'm, I got to take a break for a second. Oh, absolutely. I think I never felt like I could do that. I think a lot of athletes, you know, during that time didn't feel like that. I think what she did at the last Olympics, um, I think it was even more impactful mm. than winning some crazy number of medals because it showed us that you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. And even the world's greatest gymnast that we have ever seen um, has hard days and has difficult things that she has to deal with. So I was so proud of her. I think it's incredible. I think um, for kids growing up to be able to see that and yeah. to see it in the open um, is so important. But yeah, I, I think we really have to shift the the mentality around sports and how we take care of ourselves. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like everything now, right? It's like sports. It's like even kids, their grades. So even mm -hmm. out here, I've heard so many stories of like kids in like the private schools or whatever, or like, you know, really competitive like schools yeah. and who have killed themselves because yeah. of the pressures of like not getting the right grades Oof. or not feeling like they're performing, you know, the way that they feel like they should perform. I mean, mental health is such a big thing in younger people now yeah. than I remember when I was that age. Same, yeah, I think with social media, like it's just, they're growing up in such a different way. Right. And I never remember really hearing about, you know, young people, especially at those such young ages, you know, taking their lives and yeah. feel like now it's very common that we're hearing about that. Right. Um, and it's terrifying as a parent. Oh like, God. I just, I'm terrifying. It's terrifying. Just, yeah, I, I just, you, you want to just do the best for your child and prepare them. But it's such a hard, difficult world that they're growing up in. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is, I don't know, yeah. social media, it follows you. It's like at, at school when I was younger, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you get teased. I remember I always used to get teased for being so skinny. Mm. Oh my God, I could break you like a twig. Yeah. Dang, you're so skinny. Oh my, your whole butt cheek been my one hand. Like, it's just, I mean, there was so many. Yeah. And then I was tall and lanky and skinny. And, you know, I remember the day that someone was talking about me because I was ashy. And I went home, I was like, never again. Vaseline's yeah. my best friend. And I was just like, but it didn't follow me home. Yeah. There wasn't like, 
like there I didn't go home with like you know the bullies at school or mm -hmm. whatever or the kids who talked about me and it's just all on my phone or my iPad or you know yeah. it's not in my living room with me or you know my bedroom it's not it wasn't that it's like you could separate yourself you could yeah. get home get a little refresher feel the love from you know your brothers you go home you cry and you tell them yeah. what happened they're like man forget them Lizzie you good you good yeah. you know you get that like pump up again and it's a separation the kids nowadays don't get that no and now you have oh. everyone participating in it you right you know the comments and from Just, other schools it's like you know it's like then everybody wow. it's like it's like it's rallying part. like yeah. even if you're in like a i mean that like school system like the groups there you know kids from everywhere now yeah. it's not just your school so it, it just feels overwhelming overwhelming it feels I, overwhelming yeah. i I feel that and my daughter's five and yes, I'm already exactly. like <laughs> worried because it's just like, it doesn't seem like it's getting better at all. Right. You know? So it just seems like, how, what do you do? Yeah. You know? What yeah. do you do? What do I do? <laughs> how are you navigating? We, we, we are not on social media. Okay. The kids are not on social media. Um, and how do, is that hard for them? Like, is everybody, they, are you kidding? They ask every, like Nima, my uh, oldest, she yeah. is, um, she'll be turning 12. Okay. She asks, literally every week she tries to put together a PowerPoint presentation oh on why gosh. she should have social media. That's not me. That's no, I'm going to be fine. And mm. I don't have that. And I'm like, girl, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. So we stand firm on a couple of things yeah. that we feel like, you know, to try and protect them in that way, or at least until they can combat it. At least mm. until they, we feel like she's able from a cognitive standpoint mm -hmm. to be like, you know what? That's not me. You can say yeah. what you need to say, but that's not, you know, and yeah. I don't think she's there yet. Okay. And so I think as a parent, you yeah. suss it out. You know your kid better than For anyone sure. else. And so I don't know. That's I think smart. that's the best you can do. Yeah. But now going into, you're about to have two mm -hmm. under the age of six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, Allison. You just yes, wait. I'm trying to get my mind right. It gets fun now. <laughs> I need I need all the tips and it all the tricks. It gets fun now. What are you um what are you most excited about going into this next chapter of motherhood? Second time mom. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of things. Even the pregnancy has been really great. Like I my first pregnancy I hid. Yeah. So like I literally was never out and so just I think there's a sense of relief just to be able to like walk around be and, out like, in the world yeah yeah like okay this is a natural part of life you like, know it's so funny you say that because I, I just immediately as you said it Kylie Jenner I think she did the same thing with mm, her first pregnancy mm -hmm. I think she like hid or whatever or yeah. uh, let me not like put words people. I think she stayed home quite a bit yeah you know I don't know if her intention I think her intention was to kind of stay out of the public light yeah. but she didn't want people to be off in her business and like know about yeah. it and you know all that so I bet it is a different feeling for you now Such being able to be feeling. like let the belly grow like yes, you know what I mean like, like I'm here things. so <laughs> that has been great and then I I'm so excited. My daughter has wanted a sibling forever. Yeah. So just like her joy, um, my husband's like everyone, we're just all so excited. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to, you know, welcoming him into this world and, um, yeah, just feeling, you know, that that added love. I love that. I yeah. truly do. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I'm very happy that I got to talk to you today. Thank you. Um, I, like I said, I, I think the world of you. I truly do. Oh, and I same. think that you have inspired so many women on mm. so many different levels um, across different industries. Um, and just from a personal standpoint. And honestly, you are the kindest oh. person. You, you truly are. Your heart is just so warm. And... Mm. 
uh, I recognize that immediately. Uh, I appreciate that so much. And I, I really love do. that you have these conversations. <laughs> um, they are so inspiring, as are you. And um, yeah, I love all the motherhood advice. I'm taking notes and keeping track of it all so I can put it to use. Look, call me girl. Call me girl. We'll do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you, Alice. Thank you. All right, Cool Mom crew, thanks for listening in to this week's episode of the Cool Mom Code podcast with our special guest, Allison Felix. This one was definitely one for the books. Make sure to catch all of our episodes wherever you get your podcast fix and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. See you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.